Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Terrific to be back and terrific to be surrounded by my hashtag crew. Hembo is here, Bubba's here, Cam is here. We are back in the chairs and we will be here for you the entire football season and we're excited to go. And so amidst all of this excitement upon my return from a few days off when we were, among other things, getting our son off to Europe for his junior semester abroad and everything else that's been going on, a lot has happened since last we talked. So I'll catch you up as we go on all of it. But I, I, I'm feeling good. You could tell him, right? I came in with a, a little pep in my step yeah, today. Annoyingly so. I'm fact. feeling good. And then something happened. That ruined that completely. Don't think I didn't hear you say annoyingly so, by the way. I could have lived without that. But I have a train of thought going in a different direction. You tried to hop on a different train. No, I was just remarking the way that you were You acting. find my enthusiasm annoying? It was just a tad over the top. In what regard? I mean, I, this is my first day back. I'd like to ease my way in off of my irresponsibly long child bonding time. And you were ready to go much too fast. Well, I mean, I'm fired up. This is the season I've been waiting my entire that life for. This is a football season that involves my team having Aaron Rodgers. Whatever the point I'm trying to make is that in a commercial break of Get Up, I walked into the hallway and I bumped into Shannon Sharp. And I will tell you right now, I feel a lot worse about myself than I did before that experience. Shannon Sharp is a monster. (laughs) Shannon Sharp is the most physically yoked person I've ever seen in my life. He has the most muscular head of any human being I've ever seen. His head has muscles. His neck could kill a person. He could absolutely beat you to death with his neck. His head, his arms, his back is huge. You could, you could, you could, you could put the, you could put war and peace on his back and still have space left over. He's enormous. I can't believe how big Shannon is. And so he's in there with Stephen A. Now, as everybody knows, it's exciting for all of us here. Steve is out of his mind, happy that he's got Shannon with him in there on Get Up every month. Excuse me, on First Take every Monday and Tuesday, and it's fabulous. Shannon is tremendous. But it really made me feel less of well about myself. Like I'm in, I'm in, and after all the illness that I battled the beginning of last year, I've been getting in shape. I've been working out a lot. I've been really eating carefully. I'm feeling pretty good. Well, you say a lot. Like what yeah. is that like? I have been working out. Daily? You don't know the shape I'm in. I am in shape. I mean, I just passed Shannon Sharp in the hallway yes. too. Like, yeah, that, that's a 55 year old man. How old are you? I'm 56. Okay. So, if you're, so you're telling me I'm only one year older than him. That, that's right. And if you, if you are working out a lot, yeah. with, with what frequency is, is he working out? Well, let me, let me tell you a story about Shannon Sharp. The first time I met him, he had retired not that long before and had gone into media. And I used to host a feature on SportsCenter. This is a long time ago called the Budweiser Hot Seat where I would do these one-on-one interviews with people, and they would be on the Budweiser hot seat. And Shannon was one of my interviewees. And he showed up with, like, a Tupperware with, like, an ice pack around it. You know, one of those things that he's keeping it cold. And I said, oh, what do you have in there? And he said, bison. (laughs) And I can honestly tell you, in all my years, Bubba, I mean, I've been around a long time. You've been around the block. I've never had anyone bring their own bison to any event I've ever attended. This right. was, it was BYOB. <laughs> he brought his own bison. Sure so did. I would say if you're bringing bison 
to a place that you're going. You are taking your fitness very seriously, right? Like today, I really agonized over whether or not to have a piece of Munster cheese on this egg sandwich that I was having Brandon order for me. And I had to have Hembo basically okay me getting the piece of cheese on there. That's right. I just one piece of Munster cheese on top of that because I felt like, oh, that might not be. At no point did I think maybe I should have just brought myself some bison to eat during commercial breaks. Well, I think that's why I think it's a really a, you got to stop saying and working out a lot because until yeah. you st- until you start bringing in your own bison, you're just you're just kind of casually going to the gym. Well, remember when we said that somewhere between Thursday and four months is the right amount of time to take off when your children are born. Sure, somewhere between my piece of Munster cheese and bringing your own bison is the right amount of fitness for a person to be concerned with. Like, it's one thing if you are a professional athlete, which I am not, and he is not anymore yeah, he, he hasn't been for 20 years. That's what I mean. He's one of the greatest players ever. He's in the Hall of Fame, but he's not playing Sunday. Although, I tell you what, having seen him, he, he could. could. He could. Oh, easily. he would dominate. What's the minimum amount of catches he could get in a game right now? 11 <laughs> minimum yeah and, and he would score on two of them i'll tell you right would. now i would be afraid if you said to me right now go tackle shannon sharp i would not do it. i'd be afraid oh, of course you'd be to afraid. even consider doing it i think aaron donald would be afraid to do that he's the most fit person if, at we, ESPN if we went now. through 32 tight ends in the league right now how many would he be better than how many would you want him instead of the starting tight end? Probably like 29. <laughs> <laughs> but here, I'm friendly with the, uh, you know, the producers on first take, obviously. What I need to do, in, in a roundabout way at least. You say that because your wife works on first take? <laughs> Not anymore, actually. That's what I was going to say. She does She's on a new assignment. What does she do now? She works on the WNBA and college game day. I had no idea of that. This happened last week. Wow. Yeah. And, oh, you, did, and you didn't tell Greeny. Wow. Way to go, Lizzie. Okay, well, again, I mean, people should know if we're new to the program. Uh, Hembo's wife used to worked on Mike and Mike before Hembo did. I've known Lizzie since she was Elizabeth Edwards in my phone. I had to change it to Lindsay, uh, Lizzie Hembakitis. Uh, but anyway, none of that is the point. So you know the first take producers. The, what are you saying? The point is I, I do kind of want to find out what he brings in now. Like, has anything changed in the last 15 yeah, years? Yeah, someone go scout out whatever <laughs> area they have Shannon set up in that he's working in. And I want to see if there's any bison there. Venison. Like Brandon, did he put anything in the refrigerator that you're aware of when he got here? I, I, I don't, one way or another, like I just, Brandon's our stage manager. He might, here's what I want you to do, Brandon. I want you to go scout out the refrigerator and other areas <laughs> and find out if Shannon brought any meat of any kind <laughs> <laughs> to today's, any kind of lean <laughs> Like, I don't know what it is about bison. I've never eaten. I don't know that I've eaten bison. You never have? I don't think so. So I used to work at a restaurant that would do a bison burger, also an ostrich burger. Lean meat, kind of gamey. That's what you know, people like Shannon Sharp eat. And right. That's why they wind up looking like that. Ostrich. Ostrich. Yeah, I just that doesn't feel it. And nothing about that feels right to me. But one way or another, Brandon, I want you to come back. We're going to have the microphone open. Brandon, we've decided, is going to become a little bit of a recurring character because he's, he's so crazy. I mean, Brandon is insane. Um, our board, our, our, our uh, excuse me, our, our floor manager here, um, and has been since we launched Get Up. So I want you to do a little reconnaissance. I want you to go search the area. I want you to find out if there are, is any meat in the building that Shannon brought. 
and then report back to us, and we'll see how that goes. One way or another, it has made me feel a little bit insecure about myself. Uh, on the subject of Aaron Rodgers coming to the Jets, and we were talking about that, Tom Brady had this to say on his Let's Go podcast. It's a fresh start to try to take where you've been to bring all the good and then not to bring the tough lessons, you know, because sometimes, you know, the tough lessons always remain unless you work through them, you know? So it's like you go through a lot of years at one place and there's a lot of, I would say, mental scar tissue, um, you know, from losses or relationships or, or, or certain experiences. Oh, this guy said this once or that teammate, this coach or that general manager. Now you go to a new place and you have none of that. I'm excited for him. He'll be invigorated. Looks like he's having a good time up to this year. I know he's been engaged in off season, which is always great. And, um, you know, really trying to connect with his teammates. So I'm excited to see what he does. They actually have a, they have a really good team. You know, I think he's going to have a great year. See, that might be the most insightful 46 seconds I've ever heard from Tom Brady. He's going to be a good analyst. I mean, the idea that he's going to be a great analyst has struck a lot of people funny because he doesn't really or he didn't really say much. But I think that was more Belichickian than it was anything else. Brady became a pretty interesting guy when he went to Tampa. And that's a really insightful comment. One of the things that when you get a fresh start at, at later in your life, this is something I'm intimately familiar with. You have the ability to leave behind you the things you feel you got wrong and try and really focus in. It's not, you don't change who you are, but as your life goes on, all of us can understand better who we are. You'll, you'll, you'll learn this, Embo, as you get, oh, you're so, what, you're 33? 33. 33. So I think it was sometime in my 40s that I think I came to recognize, you start to understand yourself really well. And if you're smart, you understand your own strengths and weaknesses. And in a situation that you may be in, whatever that is, in relationships, in professional situations, whatever they are, those weaknesses, you don't usually get a fresh start. You don't start over. But in his case, in Roger's case, in Brady's case, in mine, once upon a time, and others... When you do get the opportunity to start over, you really do get a chance to sit down and say, okay, what things have I always gotten right and what things have I always gotten wrong? And then you can adjust accordingly. And it obviously worked for Brady, and I think it's going to work for Rodgers. Well, let me pause on that for a minute because that's a really insightful and interesting thing that was said about Rodgers and the Jets. Someone else said something that I liked a lot less. You will hear that and... Brandon has made his way back. We will get a report on the bison right after this. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Hashtag crew is here. Interesting things being said by interesting people all around the world of sports. You're going to hear a few of them. But first, we're going to get to the bottom. We've done our investigative journalism. And for that, we're going to bring in Brandon. Okay, here we go. So Brandon Phillips, stage manager, get up. Brandon has been with us since we launched the show five and a half years ago. I ran into Shannon Sharp in the hallway earlier. He is even bigger than the last time I remember being around him. And that time when I was interviewing him for the Budweiser hot seat, he came with bison. He BYOB'd. He brought his own bison. And that's taking fitness to a really extreme level. So Brandon, who is our stage manager and crazy jet fan, I asked you to do a little reconnaissance. I asked you to do an investigation. Did Shannon Sharp bring any meat? No, he did not bring any no meat. No meat. But, but he brought a lot of protein. What does that mean? Hmm. All righty. So uh, let's take a look-see here. Bam. He brought a yogurt? Greek yogurt. Not just any old yogurt. Greek yogurt. Just regular old Greek yogurt? That was in the green room. Did but you everyone steal, did you steal Shannon? Shannon Sharp's food? Yeah. What is wrong with you? Is that Shannon's yogurt? You actually took his yogurt? You I could have just fifth. told me what it was. He's going to come in here. If you don't go put that yogurt back right now, Shannon Sharp is going to beat you to death with his neck. Hey, well, I'm telling you right now. I'm a big right guy, now, too. I'm just not jacked anymore. No, you're not big. Shan- <laughs> you're a big person. Shannon Sharp could kill you literally by looking at you. He's so incredibly big and strong. I've never seen a bigger. You tell me. Have you ever seen a bigger, stronger looking person than that in your life? No. No, you have not. So he just brought regular old Greek yogurt. I guess so. That was in the green room. It probably tastes good. It's cherry and everything. Uh, you need to go put it. Here's what I need bad. you to do. I need you to go put it, it back okay. where you found it and make it clear to him if he asks that I merely asked you to go see if he had anything. I didn't ask you to steal it. Do we even know that Shannon's or is that just a random person's I yogurt from the I requisitioned the Greek yogurt. That's all I did. I didn't do steal it. Do we know it. it's Shannon's? Mm. I can't. Confirm that. Okay. So this is just a random person. Brandon, we're done with you. But he's staying in the green room. This was in the refrigerator in the green room, and all of his other stuff's in the green room. I'm not going to go through his personal stuff. So you basically took Molly's yogurt. How much more personally can you go through his stuff than by taking his yogurt? You stole a man's lunch. His suitcase is his stuff. Right. The little college refrigerator that they have in the green room is borderline community. What? Go put the yogurt back. Crying out loud. Go put the yogurt back before he gets mad. I'll tell you what, Greeny. What? There's a 0% chance that that yogurt is the only thing that Shannon brought in to eat today. Zero. I would be surprised if that's the only thing he ate in a given break. (laughs) 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 I would think he needs, you know, but this could be very good for Stephen A. Because I worked, you know, I was on the road with Stephen A. all this time and everything. Stephen A. fights it. Because his inclination is to eat very unhealthy things. Mm. And he tries very hard not to. And it's very, particularly when you travel as much as he does, you know, it's hard 
He doesn't bring his own bison. So one way or another, hopefully, some of those eating habits will rub off on him. As to I'm sorry what? 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 All right, it's interesting people saying interesting things. Let, let me play it for you again. We played it earlier. This is DJ Reed, cornerback, New York Jets. Talking about how good his defense is about to be. Honestly, I think we could be historical, not just the best defense in the league, but I think we could have an historical defense like the 85-86 Bears, like the LOB in 2013. I think we could be that dominant if we put all the things together and we just focus on the now and we're deliberate and everyone plays up to their potential. I think the sky's the limit for us. Okay. I mean, I hate everything. I don't even know where to begin talking about how much I hate that. Um, There is a fine line between cockiness and arrogance, cockiness is good. Arrogance is bad because it implies not recognizing your own flaws. And that one just leaped over it. So for those of you who don't know, the 85 Bears, the fall of 1985, September of 1985 was when I started college. I went to college in Evanston, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago. And this was at a time before there was direct TV. There was no red zone. There weren't even really sports bars where you could go watch your team. So I watched every snap of the 85 Bears season. That defense is the single best unit I ever saw play any sport in my life. People say, were they better than the, the Bulls teams? They were. The Jordan teams won six championships, so they will always be the dynasty of that city. But for one year, the Bears were better. And that defense was the reason. So, Hemba, we did a bunch of research on them for our book, Got Your Number, in which we gave the number 85 to the Bears because they were so good. Give me just a smattering of the most ridiculous numbers. They forced 54 turnovers, most ever by a Super Bowl champion. They allowed 10 points across three playoff games, the fewest by any team, to play at least three games in a single post. Let's make that clear again. They scored, they allowed 10 points. Not 10 points per. They won three playoff games and allowed 10 points in all three of them combined. All of them came against New England in the Super Bowl, a game that they won 46 to 10. Go on. They're the only team in NFL history to record two shutouts in a single postseason. You mentioned the Patriots game, the Super Bowl. The Patriots gained 2.3 yards per play in that game. That's the fewest in Super Bowl history. The Bears' defense played 39 consecutive drives in the playoffs before allowing their first touchdown, and they did so when they were up 44-3 to in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, they were the best team ever. They're the best defense ever. So, I mean, I don't, you don't need me to go through this for you. It's just categorically ridiculous to say that, and I believe that the Jets' leadership needs to get hold of the situation, not because it's bulletin board material, none of that. But it suggests that they are thinking too far ahead. I love golf. And, and, and if you stand on a tee, on the first tee, on a golf course and think to yourself, I want to shoot 69 today, you have not maximized your chances of doing it. The way that you shoot 69 is by standing on the first tee and thinking, I want to hit my best shot right now. I need to hit this drive right in the middle of the fairway. And then I'll go up and I'll hit the next one and the next one and the next one. And I'll keep worrying about them one at a time. And then in the end, if I do everything right, it will add up to a number that I like. You don't stand at the tee box and say we're going to be the 85 Bears before you've even played a game. And that gives me some cause 
for concern that the mentality in that room is not right, that they're thinking about things they shouldn't be thinking about. Mm. So I want Rodgers and I want C.J. Mosley, who is an unquestioned leader, I think, on that defense, to be taking control of this situation. I don't think that's something you get from coaches. I think it's something you get from players. The Jets are going to be a maybe the target on their back team. It strikes me just based upon the hard knocks, based upon the Rodgers, based upon things like this. And that's a precarious thing for a team to be in that's kind of microwave. Like, this is not a team that has an embedded culture of long-term success or anything of that kind. Like, I think it's clear that Aaron Rodgers has empowered this roster, has instilled perhaps too much confidence in this roster. But anytime someone says something like this, I always say to myself, what do I have to gain and what do I have to lose? In this case, you have nothing to gain because there's no chance that you're going to be as good as the 85 Bears or the 2000 Ravens or the 2013 Seahawks or fill-in-the-blank great defense. And you have everything to lose because every time DJ Reed makes a mistake in coverage, that comment is going to be played on loop. That's right. So that's, a, that's just everything about that is terrible. I would also say to DJ something I've said many times in my life. It's much too late for this with the Jets anyway. The acquisition of Aaron Rodgers alone makes this an irrelevant statement to them. But nothing in life is better than low expectations. When the bar is set low, you can't help but succeed. We launched a new radio show this morning, Unsportsmanlike. Congratulations to them. Evan Cohn is a terrific young guy, and I think he's going to do great there. Our buddy Canty is there, and Michelle is there as well, who I, I've met a couple of times when she's here, and I'm looking forward to working with all of them, and I wish them nothing but the best of luck. I understand that to a degree, the seats that they're now sitting in will always be associated with Mike and me, or at least will be for a long time. But one of the things that I can tell you about that, having been there, is we started with zero attention being paid to us, and that was massively beneficial. Mm. When you start and no one is paying attention to what you're doing, you get time to figure out what you're doing without being judged so harshly. The direct opposite of that was get up. In get up, we figured out get up in the morning a lot faster than Mike and I figured out Mike and Mike. Just no one was paying attention to Mike and Mike, so we had all the time we needed. By the time people started paying attention, we had put our act together. When we launched get up, the whole world was paying it. We were under the, the, the most intense microscope you can be in in this business. And so all of our growing pains, all of our early mistakes, everything we got wrong, which everyone is invariably going to do, were very much magnified. And everyone was saying, oh, look, they can't do this. They can't do that. They're going to stink. And I kept saying to everybody, we just need to figure out the show. If we figure out the show, people will like it. And it will always be perceived differently because of the expectations. So the Jets are a team that was 7-10 and 10 last year. They made a big acquisition at quarterback. If they go 11-6 and six this year and win a playoff game, this is a team that hasn't been in the playoffs in 12 years. That will be an enormous improvement. But it will not meet the expectations. It will be viewed as a disappointment. So when you say we're going to be the 85 Bears, you are making that even worse. You could be, one, you could be third in the league in defense this year and be outstanding. And people will still say, wait a minute. You told me you were going to be the 85 Bears. So that's one of the many reasons this was a terrible idea. All right, we have more of this here. You're going to hear from Deion Sanders. You're going to hear from Canty and much more as we continue in just a moment. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with Mike Greenberg. Everyone in America, just so if you're listening to me right now, I love you and I appreciate all of the support that you have given me through my life and my career and I want to give back in any way I can. But if you have a baby, I don't want to hold it. If you walk up to me in Madison Square Park later today when I'm walking around, oh, Greeny, look, I had a baby. I, I don't want to hold it. <laughs> I'm not holding anybody. I've held all the babies I need to hold. Why is that funny? Because someday you'll maybe have a grandbaby. I mean, I have to hold it. This is Greeny. Oh, Jimmy. R.I.P. Jimmy. I love Jimmy Buffett. I'm so grateful for the music that he has made in his life that we get to continue to enjoy forever. But it's, it's a very strange choice of song for Cam to make there. So what you're telling me, Cam, is that you come out of a, a little funny bumper where I'm saying I don't want to hold your baby directly into a dead person of someone who just died yeah. singing a song called cheeseburger in paradise. There's like no way for me to describe all the different challenges that I, as a broadcaster have yeah. in, in, in coming out of that break. What, 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 what was the mindset behind that? I don't know. I had a couple things left I wanted to play, but yeah, tonally it's kind of conflicting. That might've been, that might've been a mistake. Yeah. probably should have played the rejoin. A, yeah. a second but all, all the music today is all about, unfortunately artists who died over the weekend. So it wasn't just Jimmy Buffett. Cause the singer from Smash Mouth died. We played Smash Mouth. I did see that. Gary yeah. Wright died, so we played Dream Weaver. So, uh, who, who? I'm sorry. Who died? Gary Wright. The oh, did he? Yeah, I, I know Weaver. the song. Yeah, played, I didn't know that. Earlier. Yeah. So all the music we've been playing today has been of people who died sadly over the weekend. So, oh, all right. Um, well. And a second question is, Hembo, do you know who Jimmy Buffett is? Of course, I know like the two or three songs. Stop that answering. Are... Of course, with these things because there's no of course. It's not obvious. These. I know who Jimmy Buffett is. I know that he sings this song, Cheeseburger, not Bison Burger in Paradise. He sang uh, Margaritaville. Right. Those are the two I've played today. And those are the only two that I... Yeah, my favorite song by him is a song called Come Monday. He has a lot of very good songs. But anyway, none of that is the point. So uh, let's dive back into where we were a moment ago. And we were playing interesting people saying interesting things. And the next one I want to play is Dion Sanders. So Dion is someone that, like everyone, I mean, I've known of Dion forever. And I have encountered him on many an occasion. And what he did this past weekend... For all the attention it got, I think actually hasn't been talked about enough. And I'm going to explain it to you why. First of all, he was on McAfee yesterday. Let's hear him talking about how dominant he wants his team to be. And the standard don't change. 
Like the standard has a location and it don't change whatsoever. Now it's up to us to get to that destination. Like the standard is the standard. I would be a fool to sit up here like, hey man, I think winning four games is great. <laughs> four, four games for us? Like, come on, man. We don't think like that. We ain't built like that. We don't talk or walk or act like that. We're here to be dominant. We're here to take over this thing and change the whole darn game and be unapologetic about it. That's the way we, I want my kids to have fun. I want them to do stuff. I don't give a darn. If, if we 21 points up, get the penalty, do your dance, baby. What well, I got you. I got you. So that's Dion. And, and that's who he's always been. And right now he's walking the walk. They're the first power five school to win a season opener as a 20 point underdog since 1997. So this was an upset of historic proportion. I'll tell you a quick Dion story. First Super Bowl I ever got to cover was January of 93 in Pasadena. It was the first of the two back-to-back Dallas-Buffalo Super Bowls, a game Dallas would eventually win like 52-17 to or something. And the big story at that time was Dion. Dion was the star of the Cowboys. And for all the great players they had, they had Aikman, they had Emmett, they had Michael Irvin. Dion was the star. And I remember I was all excited because my picture was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, sort of. <laughs> there was a picture of him at Super Bowl Media Day. And I happened to be one of the people standing there holding a microphone, which to 25-year-old me at that time was incredibly exciting. But anyway... Everyone was talking about this big car he had just bought himself. I don't remember what car it was, but a great deal was being made. Great deal of attention was being paid to this super fancy, super expensive car he had just bought for himself. And he was asked about it in this media session that I was in. And his answer was, you know what? I worked really hard this year. And I wanted to treat myself. I wanted to buy myself something that I normally wouldn't do. I wanted to reward myself. And he said, I recommend you do that too. He was very direct. He said, you can't afford to do what necessarily what I can do. I get it. I make a lot of money. But you should reward yourself if you've had a really good year and you want to work re- and you've worked really hard. You should give yourself something to reward yourself. And I went back to Chicago from Pasadena after that Super Bowl thinking of him. And there was a jacket at a men's store. There was a very famous store in Chicago at that time called Bigsby and Crothers, which is where like all what I perceived anyway to be all the fancy people in Chicago bought their clothes. And there was this jacket that I had really liked there and that I hadn't bought because it was so expensive. And I know people perceive me a certain way, but I was not making any money then and didn't have any money. And I went in and I bought that jacket thinking of what Dion said, and I have it to this day. And I love it to this day. So anyway, that's my favorite little personal Deion Sanders story. What Deion Sanders doing is literally changing the game, not because they beat TCU. But I believe that Saturday can be described as college football 3.0. College football 1.0 lasted about 100 years, where the players were indentured servants, and there was no player movement, and you went where you went, and that was it, and people monitored whether they got a free turkey sandwich and all of that. 2.0 came around something in the neighborhood of 10 years ago when they started loosening up some of the transfer rules and changing around some of the laws around likeness, particularly because of lawsuits. They would never have done this willingly. And changing around some of the 
perception of players and their ability to maximize their own circumstances. Deion Sanders changed everything with that game on Saturday. Deion went in there. He got 50 or whatever it is players from the, por- the, the transfer portal. He said, we're going to build a, a winning team right this minute. And he went out there and he did it. And I believe that becomes the standard now. I think every coach every single year is going to be judged on that. Well, Dion just did that. You can't get a job and just go. He walked into a place that won one game last year. And that's Colorado. I understand they have good football history, but it's not Alabama. It's not Notre Dame. It's not Ohio State. It's Colorado. He went into Colorado and through the force of his dynamic personality and his sort of aura that surrounds him. He's, he's like a living legend, and I get it. Not too many people are like that. There are very few Deion Sanders out there. But what he did is now going to be what everyone tries to do. This is college football 3.0. It is unlimited free agency. It is unlimited transfer portal. It is unlimited NIL. And it is going to be a, a, a restocking every single year. It is free agency without a salary cap. And I believe this will be the beginning of that. I don't disagree with that. Although I, and I do think there was sort of, an, uh, sort of an ironic juxtaposition between what we saw Colorado do on Saturday and the drubbing we saw of Clemson take last night. Because there are no two coaches in college football that could be any different than Deion Sanders and Dabo Sweeney. Right. Like Dabo Sweeney is like the traditional conservative, do it my way, build a culture. Type. Dabo Sweeney once said, if they start paying the players, I will get out because I don't want any part of that. And that's where they are, right? They just got drubbed by Duke. In football, right? right? Whereas Deion Sanders, the thing I don't know about Deion Sanders is whether or not he's a singular force, like a gravitational pull unto himself, or what they're doing maybe is it replicable elsewhere. And also, there's no, there, to me, there's a 0% chance that he stays there for very long because the fact that he proved that he could win at Jackson State, and like he could leave right now after one game in Colorado and get one of the biggest jobs ever. That, that could ever become available just because of what he demonstrated he could do in one game. That was the national runner-up that they just beat on the road as a three-touchdown underdog. It's one of the most remarkable things I've seen in college football. I just don't know what constitutes the job you're talking about anymore. If, if you can do what I'm trying to say, this is what I mean by 3.0. If you can now do what Dion just did at Colorado, then what difference does it make where you are? <laughs> if they're willing to pay you the money then you don't have to go to Alabama. These kids have shown you that they don't need to go to Alabama, Georgia, wherever. They can be on TV wherever they go, and that if they can go someplace and win and show off what they can do and get to the league, then I'm not sure how much it matters. That's what I mean. Because Everything like, we have always thought about college football can be different now. I guess I would phrase my question then this way. Is this a blueprint, or is this an exception, or the exception, because Deion Sanders is sort of unique and singular and that kind of famous? The answer is yes which means it is going to become the blueprint everyone aspires to, and I think almost no one else could do it. By almost, I mean, I think Nick Saban could do it at this point. I think Nick Saban could go to some smaller, I don't even know where. Again, he's not leaving anywhere, and he's also in his 70s, so maybe he's a bad example. But, but someone else could do what Dion just did, but very few people, mm. because a factor in all of this is Dion's celebrity. Uh, but what I'm saying is every school now is going to want that, or at least enough of them are going to want it that they're going to be willing to try it. 
So that's going to be the blueprint. It is just almost never going to be accomplished. So there are going to be athletic directors all over America now taking inventory of what happened there, asking how can I duplicate that. There could also be other people like Deion Sanders who may have never had any interest in coaching before because they didn't want to put in the work, spending 10 years as an analyst moving all around the country to build up the equity and the relationships. Like Deion Sanders starts on the eighth floor. He didn't have to start at the bottom. Right. I wonder if there, we might see... But again, because he's Deion Sanders. There are very I mean? like, few it, of those. It, yeah. But they're all, we, we might see other comparable people decide, look, I want to coach now because I can, whereas before there was a traditional path that would be much more difficult to take. I think that's fair. Okay, fair enough. So that's what they did this weekend. One more thing I wanted to get for you today. In case you missed it. One more time. Again, I'm excited about our new morning show here on ESPN Radio. It's something that is important to me, and you know, obviously with my 18 years having done that with Mike, and, and so I wish nothing but the best of luck to Evan and Canty and Michelle, I've, I've talked to Evan a little. I look forward to getting to know him a little bit. I've met Michelle on a handful of occasions. I'm looking forward to get to know her. And obviously, Canty is someone that we know well and that we work with regularly. And so I wanted to bring back something Canty said because I think it's interesting. Canty this morning on the show, which is called Unsportsmanlike, and you hear it coast to coast here every morning on ESPN Radio, was talking about this notion that many people have, myself included, that the Arizona Cardinals are tanking a season. Here's Canty's take. It's in the Cardinals' best interest that he doesn't play. If he can't pass a physical next March, the Cardinals are on the hook for the Mm -hmm. next three years of Kyler Murray's salary. 37, 29, 26. Yeah, it's a lot of money that you don't want. It's a lot of money that you don't want to pay out to a guy that you're not sold on, especially if you can draft a quarterback like Caleb Williams, like Drake May at the top of this year's draft, and get him on a rookie wage scale. So to me, it just makes more sense that we don't see Kyler Murray on the field. Sometimes tanking ain't a bad thing. So I'm glad that we played that because when it was just written up for me on my screen, it said... Chris Canty says tanking is good for the Cardinals, and now I understand what he means. Here's what I will say. The Kyler Murray contract, the the contract they gave Kyler Murray in Arizona, will always be one of the most puzzling decisions any NFL franchise has ever made. I have less confidence in them to do the right thing than I have in any other NFL organization. And that brings to my mind what Eli Manning and the Manning family decided to do when the San Diego Chargers were going to draft him, what John Elway decided to do when the then Baltimore Colts were going to draft him, and what a few others have done, which is figure out a way not to go someplace they don't want to be. In a different way, Peyton Manning did that. He could have come out the year before he did. He chose to go back to school. The Jets had the first pick that year, by the way. History would have been completely different. I have always believed the Jets having that pick was one of the reasons Peyton decided to go back to school. He's never told me that. It's just something I've always believed. The question is now, when Caleb Williams, you cannot turn the television on that there's not a commercial with him. What did you tell me this morning on Get Out? How much money do we know he's making? So his NIL is valued at two, about $2.5 million, which ranks fourth among all current college athletes. Two and a half million. Roughly, let's call it two and a half million dollars that he's making. Now, that's obviously much less than what he would make as the first pick in the NFL draft. But if we're going to presuppose that being the first pick in the NFL draft is something he can always be anytime he wants to be, and he gets to pick and choose when he wants to be it, 
two and a half million or three or four or five million dollars would make it a lot easier, I think, to make that decision than five years ago when he would have been getting nothing. Mm. So will we start seeing people in his position saying, you know what, I'm going to go back to school for my three million and wait one more year to come out and see if a different team has the first pick. So Bryce Young was the first pick in the country last year. He has $38 million guaranteed in his contract. Right. I have a hard time imagining Caleb Williams' agent sitting, to, sitting and saying, we're best served coming back to school for another year when the best case scenario is the exact scenario that we're passing up and the only difference is the team. That's a tough putt. I could imagine a scenario in which he effectively sits out a year and trains for a year to get in a different uh, circumstance or situation. But to pass up $35 million guaranteed is not something any agent would advise. Probably not. But we also are living in a world where if you're him, you may be thinking that money's going to be there. It's just a question of when I decide to take it. I don't know. It's an interesting thought. One way or another, it's good to be back. And back we will be. We're not going anywhere. The hashtag crew is here and we're ready for a huge football season. See you tomorrow. Same time, same place. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.